And welcome to Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. He is Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow with you for the next 60 minutes as we get you set for Monday Night Football, the Giants and the Falcons to wrap up Week 7. A reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. So we'll get... You all the ins and outs of the game ahead tonight. We'll get to your phone calls. We'll also get to some tweets. But before we get into tonight's game, Jeff, a lot of activity in Week 7 on a busy Sunday, and you had Mm -hmm. two games within the division. You had the Redskins hold off the Cowboys as their kicker, Dallas, was unable to convert a 52-yard field goal. It was initially a 47-yard field goal, and they called a snap infraction. And you as a special team <laughs> player, I'm sure, can relate to the fact that that is rarely ever called during the course that of NFL history. That is a BS call is what it is. And before we came on the air, we are trying to talk a little bit. This is what happens in that sequence. The referees are not looking for that unless somebody basically tells them to watch for it. And usually it's a coach on the Washington Redskins sideline. And you had said the special team, it was speculated the special teams coach of all people would have done that. Yeah. Said to do John Gruden, Hey, by the way, you know, this, he moves the ball, but he moves the ball every single time. All the snappers, they have to get their hand underneath the ball. So they kind of move it around a little bit. As long as you don't pick it up and move it, then that's, that's, that's the infraction is when your hands are on it and then you pick it up and move it, then that is where you get the penalty. He was just sliding the ball over and putting his hands on it. Um, and I saw an interview after the game. I didn't see it. I heard it. That Lafleur, who has been doing it forever. Oh, he's a veteran guy. Says, that's just what I do all the time. And if I'm the, if I'm the Cowboys, I am ultimately PO'd about this one. Because, you know, well, they should be – because the – the kick would have went through from 47. Because you could tell by the way the through. football curled yeah. but to the left. Obviously, it's a different kick, and maybe it wouldn't have. So, um, But the fact is that, that that that's very rarely called. And I heard of an interview from uh, Blandino, and he said that it took him all of eight seconds to go back and look at along the history of when that penalty has been called. Eight seconds is how many how many times he was able to look on it and find out when it was called. That It's not called very often. I've never seen – I can't remember a game where I've ever seen that called. I have never seen that call as many years as I played. I've seen a, I've seen um, where the, I, I take this back. I have seen it called, not it, it's because it's a flinch by the by the uh, fraction center, of a second, but it's not like lifting the ball. This I guess it's called the same thing, but I have seen where they try to draw draw you know draw a guy off sides, and then if it's fourth and two and it's a fifty-two yard field goal, they're trying to get the five-yard penalty, and basically it's the dumb call. Watch the ball. And, it, and sometimes they don't watch the ball, and the guy flinches his arm, and the guys <laughs> go right across. And sure enough, it's on the defense. But unfortunately for that, the, the referee has to call something when the defensive guy comes across and the ball. And he did in that instance. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what happens. And then you got you know, just a crazy, crazy weekend, uh, especially in the NFC East, where, where we now know that this I, – I think that maybe – I don't think that there's going to be one team that has more than nine wins in this division. Nine and seven, and most likely nine and seven will do it. Um, and this kind of you go back and look at the Giants, and you say to yourself, "My goodness, man, did the Giants have somewhat of a chance?" You know, first the first part of the season here with uh, the Dallas just winning some of these games and and sitting here at least with three wins, it would have been you know kind of a close thing, but. Uh, and we'll get on to the next game coming up tonight, and it's a very important game. But this whole NFC East, the Eagles lose yesterday. Blew a 17-0 lead. That, for the is, Panthers. that is incredible. And, um, you know, that's just – this is – and everybody can talk about the Super Bowl hangover with a team. It's there. I'm sorry. It is It is there. Um, 
I look back at our our season in the 07, the 08 season, we didn't have a Super Bowl hangover. We were a better football team. Very strong start. We just had we just had an incident that happened in a nightclub where a guy brought a gun in. You know, <laughs> the hangover. It's also very unique. Um, very unique situation, yes. and that derailed our season. But the fact is that the Eagles, they're you know they got they got some problems, and um, good, good. So does Dallas, and <laughs> and really when you think about the division now, Lance, uh, we at least I did. I thought that the the Redskins were going to be a team that nobody was talking about. Under the radar. They went out and get Alex Smith, who's going to, you know, he's not Kirk Cousins as far as throwing the ball down the field, but he manages football games like crazy. And then God only knows, anybody thought that Adrian Peterson could still play the game. I mean, you watch him run. I, you know what I'm saying? You know why I'm saying all this stuff, folks? Is because I told Lance that with the bye yesterday, we'll call it the bye. It was Sunday off. Well, it was a bye for you. It's a bye for me yes. and you. Correct. I mean, typically Sundays we're working we're all day. tied up, indeed. And... I got to watch football from start to finish yesterday, and I haven't done that. I don't know how long. And I sat my big butt on that couch the whole day and watched Red Zone, and I couldn't get up. It was awesome. So hats off to the people that do that every Sunday. (laughs) Now, I probably would weigh 50 more pounds if I did that every Sunday because I swear to God, every time – well, there's no no commercials at the Red Zone. You never literally have to leave the couch. But I'm telling you, seriously, every time I turn around, I got hungry. I got thirsty. I got hungry again. I had to go to the bathroom. (laughs) I mean, wow. And how does Scott Hansen do it? How does he sit in that seat for nine, ten hours? Yeah, without having a bathroom break. He's talented. Either that or he knows how to go quick. Well, that's true. (laughs) Or you just stay away from liquids. I think that would probably be a good advice. That's unhealthy. I mean, that's the you know, Odell doesn't like water. Scott Hansen must not either. <laughs> well, listen, it's not about loving water or not. It's about staying away from water, at least for that vicinity yeah. of time, given the fact that it may come back to bite you when you least expect. But your point is well taken, Jeff, in terms of the NFC East. You know, nobody's really running away with this division. The Redskins, though, are 4-2. and two. They're the lone team with a winning record. So they're three games up on the Giants, and both of those teams are going to meet Sunday after the short turnaround following tonight, and then the Eagles and the Cowboys are both tied at 3-4, and four. so they only have one up in terms of the loss column, but keep in mind, regardless of what happens tonight with the Giants, the Eagles still are going to be up two games on the Giants, no matter what, or three, because they've got the tiebreaker, considering they already beat the Giants head-to-head. That's early with respect to the tiebreakers, but you always get the edge when you win one of the head-to-head matchups. And I tell you, the one thing that jumped out to me, Jeff, from that Redskins-Cowboys game, everybody's going to talk about the penalty at the end of the game. Washington's front seven... They're, well, they're, the they're Dallas front. offensive line a they're, real big trouble yeah. throughout the course of that contest. Mm-hmm. And I know this Dallas offensive line is not what it used to be because of injuries and missing some guys, but they were relentless the entire game when getting you, after Dak. When you have Ezekiel Elliott run for, I mean, I he had a second-worst game of his career. Yeah, it was almost like it was non-existent, the running His game. longest run was six yards yesterday. Reminded me of the Denver game last year, if you remember. They also kept him in check. That was in Denver early last season. And so now that you know, now that they can't get that running game going, that offensive line is struggling, so now they're putting a lot of it on Dak Prescott to go out and do. And do you see the hit he took yesterday? There's no way that guy's going to last throughout the rest of the season if he's going to have to be – the guy that runs around and scrambles and, and runs everywhere. It's just not going to happen. And who's their backup? Can you even name them? I know you can, <laughs> but not a lot of people can. Nobody knows who their backup quarterback is. Well, it's funny you brought that up. You're referring, I guess, to the hit. And Tony Romo on the broadcast immediately said concussion. Concussion. And it wasn't a helmet-to-helmet hit. It was actually shoulder <laughs> into the pad or the upper area. And 
Dak seemed to be okay. They brought him into the tent. Well, they had he a concussion in the game. protocol. Yeah, they went, went through the protocol. It. it wasn't like they were maneuvering around the rules and regulations, and he wound up staying in the game. But I'm glad you brought that up because the one thing that I was thinking about, it, and to Dak's credit, I thought he bounced back and did a nice job getting the late touchdown and giving the Cowboys a chance yeah. to get into field position. But it just goes to show you, Jeff, once again, you have a mobile quarterback trying to make up for some offensive line issues, and the offense was not necessarily running smoothly for the majority of the game, which just goes to show you a mobile quarterback may help you a little bit, but it's certainly but it's not, not the going answer. to completely revamp it's your not entire the answer. offense. The answer yeah. in today's football game is protection and effectiveness from the quarterback position, okay, and being able to throw the football flat out. And, yeah, you got to run the football, but it's not as important as it is used to be. I mean, come on. Did anybody watch the Kansas City Chiefs? Holy smokes. They don't care a lick about running the football. Now, they, they can. They can. They, <laughs> they get at the to. end. They don't yeah. need to. They, they pass it all the way around, and then when they get up uh, on, on a team like they did the Bengals yesterday, they get up, then they'll start running the football. And by the way, they have, they have a guy named Hunt that can really run the football. And okay. he's a good pass catcher. But I think to. that you, know, you look at that production of that offense, the creativity that they bring within it, and the quarterback play, there you go. I mean, Mahomes, yeah, he's mobile, but they're not. He's throwing first and running second. He's not going to take off first, you know. So it makes a difference, that offensive line. And when you talk about the Giants, that's where it starts. It starts up front, period. Well, and speaking of the Giants, let's get into tonight's game, Jeff, and then we'll open up the phone lines at 201-939-4513. So they get an Atlanta Falcons team that really is on opposite ends of the spectrum, Jeff. Offensively, they're near the top rankings in just about every category. They're top 10 in a variety of different things. Passing offense, total offense, points per game. And then on defense, they're all the way at the other extreme. They are the worst third down defense. Opponents are converting 56% of the time. They're giving up nearly 30 points per game. They're struggling to stop the run. They're struggling to stop the pass. So <laughs> on paper, this game looks like, once again, an attractive opportunity for the Giants. However, Jeff, how many times have we laid out attractive matchups for uh, the Giants? The Philly game. Bingo. That would be another one where their defense was having oh, trouble. Oh, it's horrible. They're horrible, the well, defense. Forget Philly. What about the Saints? Yeah, the Saints there you go. too. Yeah. I mean, the Saints were having major defensive issues, and the Giants had real problems moving the football against New Orleans. So I'm a little skeptical to say, well, this is going to be the game where they get back to doing what they did against Carolina and they put 30-some-odd points on the board. It's still a matter of, is this going to be the night where the self-inflicted wounds remove themselves from the equation? Because the Giants right now, they can flash and they can move the football. I mean, they had more yards than the Eagles they last Thursday score. night, Jeff. But they're not translating that to points. And why penalties, offensive line issues missed assignments, lack of execution, and that moves you backwards just when you're knocking on the door. I remember, for example, against the Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday night, Jeff, they had that big Saquon Barkley run for, what was it, about 55 yards. It was actually a short catch and run. And then John Greco gets a false start. <laughs> so you moved all the way up the field, you're knocking on the door in the red zone, and then you move backwards. I mean, those are the things that the Giants, they have to eliminate because they're not the type of team that can easily overcome those issues. They can't, and they, you know, the the bottom line here is that the Giants have to score more points. They really do, and and to stay with some of these teams like the Falcons, even the Eagles, the Panthers, teams that put up uh, you know twenty five plus points a game, you can't go along averaging 19, 20 points and, and expect to win. 
Um, even if your defense does a nice job and holds the opponent to 25 and you're only scoring 20, do the math, folks. You're not going to win many games. And then if you go on the road and you turn the ball over, you certainly cannot win the game when you turn the ball over on the road. One thing that's going to help this Giants team is that they're going to get their tight ends back. Yeah. Okay. And so that is a huge bonus for this offense, especially getting Ingram back. Okay. He is a premier receiver slash tight end. And then you got Red Ellison who can mix and match a little thing good, but it goes back to kind of blocking a little bit. We've got a change in the offensive line. I know how much you guys have talked about it on Big Blue Kickoff this week, but, you know, there is there is a, a time when you got to do something. Okay. And, and Amame. He's out. He had travel with the team. And Spencer Pulley is in, okay? And you talk, John Greco is in. You're talking about two veteran guys at that position now. These guys, are, are they've been in the league for a little bit, all right? So I think, can it make a difference? You sure to heck hope so. You really do. Um, and, you know, long term, I don't know, do you do you switch them back somewhere? Because Spencer Pulley, is a, he's, he's a center by trade. Well, Pat Schirmer did mention that he has experience at guard. Actually, Spencer probably played a little tackle early in his career, yeah, too. played so, them all, then. Yeah, I think it really comes down to, Jeff, to answer your question, depends on the How production. Correct. Yeah. It, it's all about, you know, what have you done for me lately? If, as a result of Patrick Omame's injury, it opens the door for Pulley and he plays well, then I could see yeah. perhaps them sticking with it. If the results are not that different, then, you know, that opens the door for Omame to get his job back. This, to me, is not difficult. I know the game of football is difficult. Winning football games in the National Football League is very difficult. But when it comes down to offense and defense and special teams, it's, it, to this team, this Giants team, to me, is very simple. And I'll start with defense for once in a while. We always start with the offense. And the, the I thought you were going to start with special teams. Well, the but. special teams is just, you know, you, special teams, two things, in my opinion. Discipline. Discipline means you do the right things. Give the ball back to the offense when you catch the ball in a punt, okay? Uh, do not push in the back or hold or anything on returns, right? And in the kicking positions, just do your job. Make your field goals, kick the ball out of the end zone, and punt the ball away from the returner. You'll be fine. Those are good things. Defensively, Olivia Vernon is back, okay? Maybe he's going to get some more stamina. They, they alternated him back and forth against the Philly game, so maybe he gets a full game in, and he's going to have to get pressure on Matt, on Matt uh, Ryan today. That defensive line has got to do it. One thing about the defense, too, do not fall asleep by just only covering the receivers and forget about the running game. Yeah, they got guys hurt on that offense, but they can still run the football if they want to, so be careful there. And offensively, just block. Up front, the, the offensive line has got to play better. The offensive line plays better, simple. Eli plays better. Everybody plays better, period, okay? And take advantage of some of this defense. I mean, we get these things every week, the rankings and this and that. There's very few times that there's this many pinks on the board. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta, like I said. Okay, pink means, in some things, maybe pink is pretty and nice and happy. In this statistical, pink is horrible. It's supposed to be red, maybe, but you can't do it. Well, but, the but, printer's not necessarily cooperating. But I'm telling you own. right now, out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of these categories, six of them are pink, which means they are 28th, 29th, 31st, 30th. I mean, this is unbelievable. Bottom five. The bottom five. In the rankings. Bottom yeah. five. Exploit some of that tonight. That's what you're going to have to do. Yeah, 30th in total defense, 31st in points per game allowed. 29th in passing defense. The rushing defense is just outside of that, tied for 24th. And then the one that, to me, is mind-boggling, 32nd, dead last in third down defense. So 56% of the time, as I mentioned earlier, opponents are converting. And they're not a team. You were talking about the offensive line protecting Eli Manning. Falcons have just 10 sacks in six games. So not an overwhelming pass rush, but 
With that being said, their defensive line is going to be full health tonight because they're mm-hmm. getting Grady Jarrett back, one of their oh, best interior yeah. defensive linemen. He was the one that sacked Tom Brady three times in the Super Bowl, and they're also getting Derek Shelby back, who's a rotational defensive lineman. So if you're the Giants, you do not want to give the Falcons their coming out party where all of a sudden they and start And they're at home, clicking. and these guys return. Noise factor, new stadium because it opened last year. And, and you it's know, very got difficult to play there. Offensively, at the beginning of the week, we didn't know if Ridley was going to play. I mean, he looks like he's going to go. Well, Sanu. he's off the injury report. Mohamed Sanu's off the injury report. So the only individual they're missing, Jeff, is they're their kicker. Back. And what about— Well, Devontae Freeman was yeah. put on IR. Yeah, okay, yeah. He was so, put on yeah. IR, so he's officially yeah. off the 53 yeah, Matt roster. Okay. Matt Bryant. So they brought in Giorgio Tavecchio, who was with the team during training camp. Giorgio Tavecchio, you think he's Raiders Italian? kicker. I think so. I think so. I, I would say that's Another safe. Italian kicker. Yes. Yeah, well, that could be a big thing because Matt Bryant is good. And, uh, you know, if this game gets close and you got a guy that hasn't been there a while, um, it could come down to that. (laughs) Well, Well, Bryant's been a reliable guy. I mean, he's up there in terms of 86% conversion rate on field goals. I mean, that's talking about his career. He's been around long. I mean, he was a teammate of mine with the Giants back in 2003. Well, then you really know he's old. Yeah, you really know he's old, okay? And he was young, you know, that, so he's been in the league at least 16, 17 years now. So good for Matty B. Um, he's a really good guy, good kicker, obviously. And he's been but, consistent. But I, I tell you, if the Giants can't score on this defense, and I, I say that, you know, they're they're dead last in scoring defense or, you know, whatever. The, what's Bottom the, two. Bottom 31st. two. Yeah. You got to be able to, you know, so really – this it's easy to me. You got to do the things that I just said. The offensive line has got to play better. Maybe mixing this thing up is something you got to do. I will tell you this: that you know sometimes this this works in a system uh, throughout the whole team where one guy gets benched and another guy comes in. Everybody kind of thinks about, well, that could be me. I mean, I could be getting benched next week and not making the trip. And you know, and everybody wants to start talking about contracts and salary cap. BSB. Who cares about that right now? I don't care about getting the right guy in there and playing, for God's sakes. You know? And they got to play better tonight on the offensive side. It's about translating yardage into points. This is a Falcons defense, Jeff, that has surrendered over 500 total yards of offense to the opposition, not once but twice this season. Now, remarkably, they won one of those games because they actually beat the Bucks last Sunday when Tampa Bay nearly pulled off a lateral to win the game. But the point is yardage is great if it doesn't translate to touchdowns. I'm not talking field goals. It's irrelevant. So the Giants right now are in the zone where they can move the football. You know, they could get 400 total yards of offense, which they did against the Eagles. But they're killing themselves in the red zone, and they're hurting themselves just to sustain drives that they're settling for three points or they're settling for nothing or a turnover ends a drive. And speaking of turnovers, every single week it goes without saying – if you could change field position, it could do wonders for you. With that being said, Jeff, this is an Atlanta team that has done a phenomenal job protecting the football. The Falcons just have three turnovers on the season. Well, they're number they're number one in turnovers. Let's Turnover. a, Less a turnovers. league low yeah. in terms of giveaways. Matt Ryan has two interceptions, has not thrown a pick in the last four games combined. He has 12 touchdowns, no interceptions, and he's fumbled the ball once. That accounts for the three takeaways, the three giveaways, excuse me. That's well, it. Well, if you look at the Giants defense, they're not opportunistic at all. Uh, only five takeaways. Yeah. yeah. So if you're Matt Ryan and you you can 
think that you can still keep that up, and that's that's a good statistic. It really is. Well, because you want to take possessions away from Atlanta. See, this is an Atlanta offense that yeah. has scored at least— It's a lot least, like we were talking about New Orleans. Yeah, you want to take away at bats from Drew Brees. That's what, exactly what we were talking about, Jeff, entering that game. Well, it's got to be the same mindset. This is an Atlanta offense that <clears throat> has scored at least 31 points in all four of its home games. They have a great advantage between the noise factor, the indoors. It's a Monday night. You want to be able to take the crowd out of the game, and one way to do that is also take Matt Ryan and the offense off the field. How do you do that? Change field position. You take away the football. I just don't know if this is necessarily the ideal game where that's going to favor them well. That's why being disciplined, making stops, getting a three and out here or there could go a long way to keeping this game competitive and giving the Giants a shot at the end to perhaps close the door. Well, without being out of practice every day and, and being in the meeting rooms, <coughs> excuse me, I, um, I would guess with 11 days in between the last game and today that there's going to be some changes along, you know, the, we, also, we saw personnel change that everybody knows about. Um, and that was due to injury mainly because of Omame with the knee issue. Yeah, so, but I mean, really, you think about on the other side of the football, defensively, you may see some different different types of personnel in there. You Groupings. never know. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jeff. I think you're going to have to. You mentioned the two tight ends are coming back, but here's the other thing. While the tight ends are coming back, Cody Latimer has since been placed oh, on IR, right. Yep. right? So Benny Fowler was added to the roster. He's been here for what, about a week? <laughs> not that he's not a good player. The point is, you, you, you're bringing in new faces who are now just adapting to the offense. So the point is, how creative, you wonder, can the Giants truly get if a lot of the personnel they're bringing in hasn't had much experience even going back to camp or with the team for much time? Also, well, Jawil Davis okay. is concussed, and he's out. So you're down Latimer, you're down Jawil Davis, Beckham and Shepard, and Russell Shepard, by the way, is nursing a neck injury. Right now, his status is up in the air whether he's going to play. So they may be missing the third, the fourth, and the fifth wide receiver on the depth chart behind Beckham and Shepard, which hurt. means you're going to be relying on other players who either were just called up, promoted from the practice squad, or signed. But the bottom line is Eli hasn't had much reps with them. Yeah, I know you hope that, that they don't have to come into the game so you can take care of business with Shepard and Odell. That's why the tight end's back is so Yeah, key. absolutely. And 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 one Saquon Barkley. I mean, maybe yeah. he gets involved a little bit more in the receiving game and you know, he's gonna get his touches. By God he should. I mean, really, you gotta get that guy fifteen, twenty five touches a game for for to win or something. I, I, I think this is going to be a good game tonight. I think the Giants have to stay focused both offensively and defensively and what they're supposed to do. And you don't want to get this game don't want to get this game out of hand where the Falcons have a 14-17 point lead because you cannot score points. You will not come back and win this game. If this gets into a track meet, I'm with you, Jeff. I don't think that's a good omen for the Giants because no. right now their offense has not proven that they can maintain that pace. They haven't track proven meet. that they can even get to the track yet. <laughs> well, that may be a, another way to put it, too. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness... It's it's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde at times with this offense. So you don't want to now put yourself in an early hole where you're down a touchdown and a field goal or two scores. And, you know, now if you're Atlanta too, by the way, Jeff, that's an ideal circumstance because if you're Falcons, you now pin your ears back. You can get aggressive on defense. You yeah. can take more chances <laughs> because you have that comfort of a lead. I will tell you this. All the years I've been around Eli, both as a teammate and, and also talking about him on this show and post game, all that kind of good stuff. 
These are the types of situations where Eli Manning will come back and fool everybody. He will come back and have one of these games where people will then all of a sudden start to talk a little bit of, oh, he's not done. Did you see the game? Just like, you know, just like um, they talked about last year, uh, Dave Gettleman say, yeah, I, I, I put the tape on and watched him play against Philly last year. You know, so maybe he has one of those games, two games, three games left in him. I hope so. And maybe tonight's the one of them. A national stage again, two weeks in a row. Giants are on national TV a Thursday night in a, in a Monday night game, which is very rare. Um, but listen, let's, it's, it's, it's those guys, those 53 guys in that locker room. That's all they got to care about is you want each other and going out and execute. That's all you got to do. Just execute and play. They're good players. They just can't shoot themselves in the foot like they do. First and 15, first and 20. You cannot get into those situations and, and expect that you're going to get a first down out of them. It's crazy. Last two games combined before we open up the phone lines. Another interesting stat connected to the Giants, Jeff. They are 4 of 21 on third down in the last two games combined. And that goes back to your point about if well, you don't do well on first and second down, <laughs> then how do you expect to come through on third down? And the reason why they're 4 of 21, of those 21 third downs, 13 of them, more than half of them, were for 7 yards or more, including three 15 yards that they had to pick up, one 16-yarder and another 17-yarder. Yeah, and by the way, of those four of Can't twenty-one, that way. of the four of twenty-one, four of those came in the last two quarters of the two games combined. It took them six six quarters to get a first down. That's on right. Third they were down. zero for seven in the previous game, and then Philly they were zero for eight before they converted. Correct. So zero for fifteen combined, and they didn't six get quarters. their first third down until the third quarter. That's right. Because right, I remember we were talking on yeah. the air at halftime. I couldn't believe it. It was six like, quarters without a third and, down. And by the way, yeah. I, I'm I was always a big third down conversion guy. If you know what I'm talking about, I that the as long as you've been following football. Fourth down usually comes after third down, which means on fourth down, when you don't convert third downs, you do what? You punt the football. So I'm a big fan of converting third foot third downs. To keep Jeff Eagles off That's the field. That's exactly yes. right. So I, when I saw that this that this team could not, could not convert a third down for six quarters, I feel sorry for somebody. I mean, seriously, that is bad. I was I would have been I wouldn't have been a happy camper. No, because you would have had a lot of work ahead of you. That's why you would have been a happy yes. camper. A reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. He's Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow. Thanks for tuning in to Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat. Let's open up the lines. Hear from you. Antonio's in Manhattan. He gets us going. What's happening, Antonio? Hey, what's going on, Lance? Jeff, how's you guys doing? Everything good? Doing sure. well. Yeah. What do you got for How us? How about you? Uh, doing good, doing good. I had the key number for tonight's game, and it's 15. 15. I think that Saquon Barkley has to touch the ball. Rush, not touch. Rush the ball. He has to get 15 carries. Okay. And I think Odell Beckham Jr. has to get 15 touches. 15, uh, 15 targets, okay. I mean. Yeah. All right. That's and um, that's, that's what I think that we need to do on offense. And on defense, I just want to see a little bit more zone. I get it that we're pretty much a man team. But we just—I don't feel like we have the personnel to keep up with Sanu, and we have the personnel to keep up with Riley. Um, their their receivers is way better than you know than our third string corner, and uh, I don't know. I think I think that's how I just feel about it. And I just want to see us run a different type of nickel. Um, you know, I I get it. You know, we've run all this nickel defense with four down linemen, but it is possible to run nickel with three down linemen also. 
and I would love to see that, guys. And um, that's pretty much it. That's that's what I want to say. And thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right, well, Antonio. Appreciate the call. Well, I, listen. I, I think that I think there's some merit to the nickel conversation that you can have, but you got to understand that if you're going to get three men rushing, it still that puts a lot of pressure on the backside of your defense because you're. I mean, the Giants barely get any kind of pressure with four people rushing. So you know, I think maybe mix it up a little bit, but. I, I'm all I'm with you with the zone defense. I mean, let everybody catch what they want in front of you, and don't get big plays behind you. That's what they. That's what the defenses do to the Giants' offense. So now, you know, fight fire with fire, copycat. But I'm with you in terms of. I get it. You want to mix things up, but if you only rush three guys, Jeff, you're basically uh, giving a gift to Matt Ryan. Yeah, there's no way. How do you expect to get to the quarterback? Not all the time. And it wasn't a bad call. I'm just saying no, not, no, no, but not all the time. But, you know, maybe once in a while you, you have five there, you drop two back in a zone exactly. blitz and put the other three guys and do that kind of stuff. But, you know, I mean, you got to be careful with Matt Ryan. He will, he will, you know, slice you up a little bit, especially with those guys. You know, and even though that you know, Ridley and, and Sanu are coming back, we don't know if they're 100%. So, you know, but still they're, they're very, they're, they're very good. And those receivers are amazing, and they make big plays, and that's what they bank on. Matt Ryan will throw the ball down the field, you know, and he's very accurate with it too. Yeah, he has not shied away, actually, speaking <laughs> of that. He's attempted 31 passes of 20 or more yards. Now, that's just attempts. That's not completion. So but still, it's still there. Try, exactly. He gives his players an opportunity to make plays down the field, and they will take their chances. When you got a guy like Julio Jones – and then you know you have Calvin Ridley, who's really started to come into his own, and Sanu, who is their slot guy who can roam the middle of the field. They also have a couple of other complimentary guys like an Austin Hooper at tight end who had nine catches in their yeah. last game. They like to spread the wealth. They don't mind doing that. And and really, when you get caught up in, in Julio Jones, I mean, he has 700-and-something yards receiving with no touchdowns. Second please in the NFL. Please don't be the team that gives him all of a sudden three touchdowns, and now he can say, oh, he's got 785 yards and three touchdowns now. <laughs> don't be that team. Let the next guy get him, really. Well, and on that subject, Jeff, what other teams have been doing is they've been saying, listen, Julio could get his yardage. We're going to keep him out of the end zone, but that's why it's so important that you win the battles elsewhere. And that's why Ridley, Sanu, Hooper are finding the end zone because all the attention's going to Julio. So Julio's actually doing his job, even though he doesn't have the touchdown production. Yeah. He's opening up opportunities for the other players. The question yeah. is, can the Giants win their one-on-one -on -one battles outside of Julio Jones? Now, keep in mind, Dante Dion was waived. So Grant Haley, who was with the team in training camp, Penn State teammate of Saquon Barkley. He'll probably have some opportunities tonight with B.W. Webb as that nickel back in addition to Eli Apple. Oh, he's going to get opportunities. Jenkins. Yeah, definitely. So you're going to see a new face or two in the secondary as well. Let's head back to the lines. Joe is in Pennsylvania. Joe, what's happening? Hey, uh, honest to God, the Giants have to feel a little better, you know, and want to feel better to, to play a good team game and feel good about yourself and possibly come out with a victory. You've got to let uh, Atlanta, like you said, let them, you know, if they're going to catch the ball, you tackle them. Don't make let them have yardage after that tackle. And let them go uh, have to go the whole field, you know. And that, that that's a key. It's a it's a team game. on the, I guess that last time uh, on uh, specialty teams against the Eagles, they're, 
they just let, let them have good field position every time on the punt returns and that. And on offense, we just got to get the ball and play together without mistakes and take what they give us, you know, and stop going in second and third and longs. If I was on that team, I would feel good about seeing the Eagles lose yesterday and see, you know, you could see up there, even with one win, you could see up there to, uh, you know, the top of the division, you know, so we we really have a chance just to play a good game and to feel good about yourself there. Would you think this uh, defense, I, I'm not saying that, w- would be that their front four and, that, and front seven would be not as the, the least strongest one that we've played so far this year? You're talking about the Falcons? Yes. In terms of their front seven not being as strong as the rest of the teams that the Giants have faced? Yeah, right. I, I think it would be close. I mean, I, I throw I throw the Saints in there, maybe. I mean, they, 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 other they, than Cam Jordan, the Saints didn't have an overwhelming amount of playmakers, <laughs> especially at linebacker. So I would agree with you there, Jeff. I mean, Jacksonville certainly a good front seven. Dallas, I think, is mm-hmm. an underrated front seven. Yeah. I'd certainly put them ahead of Atlanta. They have Houston, yeah, with JJ uh, Watt, Jadavian mm-hmm. Clowney, a little bit more name power. There, Carolina, they don't have as big of names, but I like Carolina's front seven. You got Luke Keekley, just like Sean Lee, who yep. I think is the best linebacker in the NFL, or at least up there. And then the Eagles. And the Eagles, we know it goes without saying. So, yeah, I would put them, Joe, to answer your question, New Orleans and Atlanta are probably about neck and neck in terms now, of the they, bottom front sevens that the Giants right, have faced. I think, now, do they run a lot of stunts? I think they, they'll try it with the, uh, the Giants putting another – guy in there on offense again, you know, a new guy in there, you know, a guard. Yeah. You know. Well, uh, what's interesting is you have Spencer Pulley going into the starting rotation because Patrick Omame is injured. And then on top of that, you have the Falcons, as I mentioned, returning their best interior defensive lineman in Grady Jarrett, who's very good at getting to the quarterback, even though he's an interior lineman. So I think that game of chess that you're pointing to is going to be very interesting, but you've got new developments on both sides. You've got Atlanta returning to full health on their side, and then you have the Giants introducing new personnel. So I think both teams are anxious to test one another there. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I also think, hopefully, I said the two tight ends back would help us in the red zone, too, that they just can't concentrate on Beckham and uh, our running back there. Um, Saquon. Saquon Barkley. Right. Yeah. So, uh, go Giants. I'm going to play, play a good game and feel good about yourself and come home with a victory. Thank you, guys. All right, Joe. Appreciate the phone call. Red zone has been a headache for the Giants, and it was one of the things Jeff and I talked about earlier. Red zone offense right now, the Giants are 7 of 16. 44% of the time they're converting. That's 29th in the NFL. (laughs) And the opportunities were there against Philly, and too often the Giants walked away with field goals. Why? Because of penalties. And I scratched my head because, yeah, I know that Ingram was out out of that game, but you know, I feel like he's such a huge threat in the in the passing game in the red zone, and I think that the play calling and just the in drawing things up, they got to be. I mean, to me, I look at some of these teams when they get into the red zone, and their their play their play selection is impeccable. They have great play selection. They change it up. To me, I don't see the creativity there, and hopefully that we can get it tonight. And because you got a full you got a full complement of weapons, okay, and you got Odell, you've got Saquon, you know, you've got Ingram. And, and Shepard, I mean, you should be able to put some points up on the board with this type of offense of personnel in the game. Yeah, you really have all of your top weapons on the field for the first time since the beginning of the Texans game. Mm-hmm. 
because that's how long it's been since everybody really has been on the field at the same time. So you take that into consideration, an Atlanta defense that is struggling, and very few teams have personnel that can handle Evan Ingram one-on-one, Jeff. So yeah, it's certainly an attractive opportunity here for the Giants, but as creative as people want them to get, it simply comes down to the term you utilize, Jeff, execution. I mean, those those other teams that you're referring to, I mean, I watch, for example, the Chicago Bears is a team that comes to mind. They're very creative in terms of how they use Tariq Cohen and move guys around, but the execution is there, too. You know, the yeah. guys, not only do they line up correctly, I they mean, avoid penalties, but they make sure that they're in the right spot to execute the play. And you're I mean, just not I look seeing at the, that with the I Giants. look at the Chiefs. I mean, Chiefs I feel, is another one. Yeah. I, you know, to me, I feel like the Chiefs practice two, two times more than anybody. It's just because when you have those types of plays and the way that they run those, those aren't things that <laughs> those are hard things to execute, but they do it. So that that tells me that, you know, Giants very minimalistically can can. They can design plays to get it done in the red zone. This game is going to be won by the Giants not shooting themselves in the foot, okay, and playing good, solid football, No, not turning the ball over. And on defense, having to have the Falcons come from behind. And then Matt Ryan will make mistakes. That's what will happen. That's the game plan. Get up in this game and let the Falcons play from behind. You got a chance. Because now the, the, the Falcons are going to fall behind and they're going to start pressing through, okay, the, and then – I'm telling you, it can happen. But that's the only way you're going to win this game today is to play is to play a good, perfect game. Oh, I think that's a great point, Jeff. And I'm just thinking back throughout this season. When was the last time that the Giants put oh, an opposing I I quarterback in a position where they have to play from behind, but also where you see them have to all of a sudden throw the ball 45 to 50 times, Jeff, right? Most of the quarterbacks, I and mean, I'm just looking at the numbers, Carson Wentz, 36 pass attempts. Okay. In today's Thursday. game, that's not a great... Right? Yeah. That's fine. 36 times your quarterback's going to throw? You're not going to necessarily complain about that. Then you go to, let's see, Cam on the game, 35. Okay. So, you know, that's where these quarterbacks are staying. I mean, even a guy when you were playing Blake Bortles at the beginning of the season, which is a guy you really want throwing the ball, 33 <laughs> times. Okay. So, just about every quarterback this season that the Giants have played has been in that... What was Breeze? I mean, they throw the ball a lot. Dak, 25 times. I'm just I'm going through the list here. Breeze would be the other guy to take a look at because... He might have been in the high 30s, too. Game was close at halftime. He finished with 32. So he was less than Cam and Carson mm, Wentz. Wow, Once again, so can you get Matt Ryan to throw the ball 45 times Well, tonight? you know what? They're, that's a great... What we just kind of <laughs> investigated and found here is that these teams, you got to get your quarterback to throw more than 35 times in this game to win the game because that tells me that they are losing and that they got to start catching up. And speaking of red zone, by the way, Falcons are the complete opposite of the Giants. Atlanta, 70% conversion rate. Tied for fourth in the NFL. And of their 18 last red zone trips, Jeff, they've scored touchdowns 15 times. So I think... You like their math so far. That's, not, why. that's not scoring. That's touchdowns. That's touchdowns. Correct. No, I don't include the field goals. <laughs> yeah. When I include red zone efficiency, wow. it's when you're walking away with seven points, not yeah. three. Yeah. Let's head back to the phone lines. Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Christian's in New York. Christian, what's happening? Hey, guys. Well, I apologize for getting away from tonight's matchup, but I don't get a chance to call much anymore. Oh, um, good. We're glad to have you. So what do you want to get into then? <laughs> well, so far this year, it looks like – I know the offensive line really hurts quarterback play, but it seems like Eli really isn't delivering often enough when the line actually does hold up for him. Wonder why. 
but he also looks like he is absolutely sick of getting hit because <laughs> he's quitting. He's quitting on plays a little early, and I understand. You know, no yeah. one wants to get hit by those guys. No, you don't. But he's qu- but he's quitting on a lot of plays early, so it just it's hard for me to imagine a situation where he's the quarterback next year. But I want to ask you guys, other than checking the ball down, what what do you think he's doing well? on a somewhat consistent basis? Well, I think that's a trick question. You're trying to set us up, Christian, aren't you? <laughs> well, no. No, because I, 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 I look for something that he's actually really doing well, and it seems like well, I can't really find okay. anything. Well, I'll tell you what. He's, he's, his completion percentage, yeah, because of the checkdowns, if you want to go there. He's not turning the ball over like, he, like he's been in the past. Okay, so those are some good things to start with. Um, I think that when you and I've made this analogy before and it's a very minimal one but it makes sense to me is that when when I was kicking and we had we had an inferior team blocking up front it gets in your head that these guys are going to get there and they're you know you have that sixth sense I think that Eli has lost the sixth sense he he feels pressure even when it's not there the happy feet and I think that that's affecting him in the long run so your your point is well taken I don't. You don't see him making throws when he has a clean pocket. It's because of what's happening before, and in the past. I mean, I can't blame the guy, but I think that he's going to have to still play better. And he, and not only does Coach Shermer know it, he knows it, and all the fans know that he has to play better. I, I look for Eli to come off and get off this night tonight. I think this is a great opportunity for him. He plays well indoors. Okay. Um, and he doesn't care. Eli doesn't care if it's national TV or what, but he's got a lot of pressure on him right now. People, they've had 11 days of write stuff about him and the team, and I think he wants to squash that a little bit and come off with a run, with a road win. This team needs a win so bad to get their confidence back and the morale in the locker room, everything. And it could come again tonight. The, the Falcons are a good team, but they're not a great team. They're not a great team. Well, they're not a very balanced team. No. That's so it's there's it's, yeah. opportunities to take advantage yeah. of. But that's your that's my answer, Christian. I, I don't know if it answers what you wanted, but I think that's kind of where he he's been good at. Um, the only other thing too that you you got to understand about Eli, he's been in the league so long. He's an offensive coordinator out there. He yeah. gets you in and out of plays when you when you when you don't know it. None of us know what's what play is called and what play he gets in and out of either. So you can't duplicate that. Yeah, and a young quarterback certainly not going to bring that to the table. What else you got? Yeah, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily suggesting that they go bringing in Lalletta right now, like everyone says, because there's a chance he has a few good games and then you pass on a quarterback and then he's not so good. So I'm not a fan of reading into what Lalletta can do for a short period of time. It's just, you know, I feel bad for Eli, but if he's not willing to hang in the pocket and if he's more willing to quit on plays early, it seems like that would be the reason to bring a, another quarterback in because if you're going to play, you got to play. I mean, you can't, yeah, you can't be quitting well, early very so often I, like that. I think that, you know, because of what happened last year with the benching of Eli Manning and how it was done, um, that people have to think about that going into this season. And if it ever happened, how to, how, as an organization, how would you handle it again? Um, but I feel like this time is different because I think that if he's not playing good, and the, the coaching staff and the organization, me and uh, Dave Gettleman and his staff, feel that, hey, it's time to make a change. They're going to make a change, and people are going to understand it this time. I don't think people really understood it last year. Okay, yeah, he was, you know, it was kind of a revolt more than anything. 
But I think that the proof is in the pudding in the long run here. If, if this is time, then the coaching staff will make the change. But I don't think they'll be as hesitant this year as they were last year. You know what I'm saying? Well, and the other thing, Jeff, that's different is the streak was still in play last yeah, year. Now, the streak is non-existent. Yeah, there's no streak. So it's not as if you have to worry about the PR look or the courtesy look of, yeah. well, we want him to have the opportunity to yeah. carry out and continue to pad the record. At this point, it's, it's done. It ended last year. So it's a matter of just putting in a guy that you want to evaluate if you get to that point late in the season and mathematically they're done, or you want to go in a different direction. I, I don't think you have to worry about you know, the sentimental value, perhaps, well, I, or the record value in playing yeah. Eli Manning. And I think that you're going to get the Eli fans last year that were just disgusted by what happened. But I think you are going to now have the Eli fans this year that understand that if it happens, it happens for a reason, they understand it a little bit more. They would understand it this year because I don't think that he's playing that well. And the people would say, okay, yeah, I know it. We, more, we understand it more that he got benched this year than we did last year. So, and who knows? I, I hope it doesn't happen. Um, if it does, we know that it, it, there's a reason for it. It's not just all of a sudden you pull it, pull it out of the hat and say, okay, you know, Lillette is going to, or whoever is going to play. It's not going to happen. And Can I say one more thing? Yeah, yeah real, real quick question. You, you just have to rip off the Band-Aid, but you have to do it with respect. Because, like, I just think it's the way that it happened last year that people didn't like, but... If they do it, because moving on from a player like Eli for a team is never fun, but you have to do it with respect. And I think if they do it that way this time, people will understand. Well, of course, how it's presented and, and so forth is a big part of it. And considering he's been the face of the franchise for so many years and appreciate the phone call. But as Pat Shermer made it very clear at his press conference following the Eagles game at this point, no quarterback change is even being entertained. So I think we're really getting ahead of ourselves. No if you want to talk about 2019, like I said, there's going to be a time and a place to do that throughout the course of the offseason. And that, I think, will give the Giants ample time to evaluate their options. But as it stands right now, I've said it on this program multiple times. I'll continue to say it regardless of the ups and downs of the offense. I still think Eli Manning is the best quarterback on the roster, gives this team the best chance to win. So as it stands right now, and I'm more of a now guy as opposed to what's going to happen a few months down the road or years down the road, they're going about it with putting the best guy under center. And right, right now, that's Eli Manning. Let's head back to the phone lines. Big is in New Jersey. Big, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, Lance and Jeff? Hi, All right, Big. What do you got for us? Hey, I just I just want to know, like, what are the keys to victory? Because I'm, I'm, I'm sick of us losing. I, <laughs> like, three, key, three, three keys to winning tonight. All right, that's get, what I need to know. Three keys. Oh, well, no, hold on. We're going to change, change it up here. What's your three keys? I bet they're somewhat I, similar I, to ours. I, 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 I don't, I, Jeff. I don't know because we go into. Come every on, game okay. We're gonna. Oh. All right, hold on. This is gonna be like a classroom thing here. If <laughs> well, I'm the teacher and you're my student, what do you mean you don't know? Come on, think about what they gotta do. Start with offense. Come on, big. You can think of something. <laughs> it's time to take the swimmies off. That's big. right. Come, on. Come yeah. on, take those swimmies jump off into and the jump deep into end the, the deep pool. end, baby. Yes. Let's go. I, I can't because every we we doing every week and we say oh this team's defense is this bad and then our offense looks like we don't have it. Well, an no, and, and listen, Jeff and I both said the same thing, so we're not disagreeing with you. Just because a team looks great on paper or bad on paper doesn't mean it's going to end up that way. But I think you, like anybody else who follows football, you have a strategic go about plan that you would say, hey, I want to see my team perform at this level. So that's all we're asking you. So let me ask this, you this. This, this, this is what I want us to do. I want us to oh, not okay. the ball over. I want us to not have penalties in, in the most inopportune time. Okay, no turnovers, no penalties. 
And what I want else? our defense to actually stop someone. That is, I want oh. us to, to be able to stop somebody when it counts. That That's what we need. Okay. okay. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's exactly what we were aiming for. And we, when we say, <laughs> okay, but when we say stop somebody when it counts, that I would say let's how about some third down stuff. I mean, let's get off yeah, the absolutely. field. Absolutely. Right? I mean, absolutely. let's the, the, and listen, and this is the offense to stop. They're second in the NFL in third down offense. Wow. All right? Wow. Third down offense, second down. Yeah. Or second in the NFL. So there's one of your that's a good point you brought up. Let's get let's get that team off of the field and get the offense down. Offensively, the Giants on third down aren't they? They're not that bad. They're 14th, even though they went six quarters without converting one. They're still 14th. <laughs> well, they started off the season good, so that gave them some panic. I would say if you're looking for three things that the Giants need to do, big to answer your question, number one to me has to be red zone defense. And I'm talking about the red zone defense that showed up against Drew Brees and the Saints in the first half, where they had Absolutely. four field opportunities goals. and they had to settle for all field goals. You, that has to show up for the entire game tonight because Atlanta is so good executing within the 20. So that, to me, is the biggest key. The second key is eliminate the penalties on offense, specifically on offense, because those have been drive killers, and it's shown yeah. up every single game. And then the third thing is... I would like to see a special teams play. And what I mean oh, by that, man. an opportunistic play, a takeaway on special teams, a big return to change field position, a block punt, a block kick, something to just provide the offense or the defense with a little bit more energy. That has yet to come to fruition this season. So those, to me, are to the big three keys that I think the Giants need to at least start the conversation about being in a position to win this game. Okay. I, well, I, I just know we need to win. That's, that's, I don't, well, by man. any means necessary. That's that's what I say. That's what we got to do. By any means necessary. Necessary is one thing that we're talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> it is necessary for them to come out of Atlanta with a win, because I'll tell you what, it just you know it builds. You know, you know one in five, one in six, one in. I mean, it just gets it gets tough. You through sprinkling a win in there, and when I mean by a win, it can be a good win. It can be a blowout win, but more importantly, I would like to see a win that you can get on the plane and come home and say, you know what, we fought, we stayed together as a team, because right now it would be very easy for this team to separate themselves, and we came together and won a game on the road, okay? That would do wonders for the locker room and the morale and just the confidence of this team. I'm not worried about the division. I know maybe a lot of people think that they can and they want to have glasses half full. Come on, folks. They're not winning the division, okay? And there's no wild card coming out of the East. So let's, let's just play better, get some of these younger guys to understand what it takes to win and play at this level in the National Football League. And I hate to say it, but let's just start building a team for next year. That's me. I'm not saying the organization is saying that. That is me. I want to see – I'm going to evaluate these players going forward in the next 10 weeks. I mean, think about it. they got 10 weeks of football left, folks. Yeah. I mean, nine after today, but – Well, it's still more than half the season. is still ahead of them. Correct. Yeah, that's why, you know, people who love to get into the mathematical equations – and we'll let you go on that note, Big. Appreciate yeah, thanks, the Big. phone call. Thanks so much thank, for thank weighing you, in. Thank you. Yep. You got it. 
right now, you know, to sit here every week and be like, all right, they're two games back, they're three games back, that to me is a waste of time. It's nonsense. It's a total waste they of gotta time. they got to find a way to win a game. How about that? Okay, <laughs> they've can't. won one of their first six games, and the Redskins have won four of their first six. So, there you, go. you know, who you're chasing is irrelevant. It's going to change yeah. and fluctuate week to week. they got to find a way to win a game. And I will tell you that both Lance and I sat here at the beginning of the season and told you that this was going to be what was maybe not one and five or one and whatever, but, you know, this was tough sledding. This first eight games of the season, I mean, it is uh, with this new roster and new coaches and all this stuff. Yeah, I love being optimistic, and I'm a very optimistic person. But looking at this schedule and the personnel and the team, it would be tough. And I wanted to be, I wanted to be wrong, and I still want to be wrong, saying, "Oh, I'm, they're not going to win the division." I, okay, that's fine. Maybe they might. Who knows? But the fact is, is that we got to find we being the Giants got to find a way to win a football game. And it's, it's very simple to me. Score in the red zone and keep them out, and you got a chance. This is a heck of a football team in the red zone. What would you say, 18 touchdowns? 15 of their last 18 trips have resulted in touchdowns and 70% on the season. So okay, I mean, the numbers don't lie. I would just look at their plays and I would replicate them. <laughs> that would be a good starting point. The problem is they know their plays very well, and I'm sure their defense yeah, knows their plays. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know all 15 of them. I would just I would just take seven of them and just you know. Well, you know what? It's funny that you brought up in a joking manner a copycat league. I, I don't know if you saw, but I always go back and see what the opposing team says after a Giants game, just because you know whether or not they picked up on something the Giants didn't do well. And the Eagles, were when they were talking to the media, it was Alshon Jeffrey because it was one of his first games back last Thursday night. And one of the plays, if you remember, Carson Wentz threw it to Alshon Jeffrey. It was a short screen pass where it was a short pass and then Jeffrey literally walked into the end zone. So Jeffrey tells the media, yeah, we took that play from the New England Patriots. And then you go back, the Patriots played the Colts the previous Thursday night, Jeff. Tom Brady, opening drive, marches them down the field. Cordaro Patterson, the former Viking, same spot as Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> they run the screen. He walks into the end zone. So it happens. Teams, they, of course they it does. look at what other teams do effectively. Like, you know what? Hey, that's an interesting play. We've got similar personnel. Let's try to run it. Well, Philly yeah. used the Giants as a guinea pig. Yeah, and you know what they did? Probably the, the, the way that they lined up, it may not have been 11 or 21 personnel, whatever it was. The play itself happened the same way but they might have got there in a different personnel grouping but the play itself happens the nuts and bolts of the yeah, play yeah exactly and you know what's funny is you, you would think that you know teams that and they're all teams that come back it's that that look at the the game before just so everybody knows the nfl usually they scout four games back so as the season gets going and there's more than four games if there's six games, for instance, now the first two games of the season, they don't really pay too much attention to those two games. They'll look at the the last four. But it's ironically, you'll look at a, a team just one week in the past that may have run a successful play. They'll still run it. They'll, they'll still run that play oh, yeah. because it was successful. And you would think that there's no way in God's green earth that the team would able to, you should be able to stop that same play. And it goes for the same, same result, a touchdown or a first down or something like that. So it, it's just a matter of, of you being on the defensive side of the ball, scouting your opponent and getting into film work. That's what we talk about. A lot of stuff like, you know, you only have so much time in the building here to do things, but do but you really have to do a lot outside the building, and film study is one of them. These guys have these iPads. This isn't the one that they have, but it's an <laughs> iPad, okay? And so they, they have all everything put on these things. So they, when they go home at night, 
you know, if they're sitting around having their 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 food and whatever, they're looking at film, and it's all right here. That's the that's the sign of times, man. Back in the day, we never had that. There was no way that people could look at this. Everybody just had to stay late at the facility because we couldn't bring anything home with it. Now the guys are out of here. Oh, I mean, they're the just, flexibility. Boom, they're yeah. gone because they got this thing. No, if anything, you had to stay in the film room and actually watch the film because you couldn't take it with you. Yeah, exactly. It's so, amazing. It's the same thing when the internet wasn't around. Absolutely. I mean, think about what people had to do. I mean, just from a organizational standpoint, well, informational how about these? standpoint. Yeah, I mean, phones I can't too. tell you how many quarters and dimes I used to put in those stupid <laughs> payphones. I actually saw a yeah. payphone in the in the airport a few weeks ago, and I and I was just I was like, wow, you were blown away. They still yeah. have those things. <laughs> They're still in existence. And I'm sure that some kids walking by go, "What are those things? Is that like a game or something? You put a quarter in there and you get the <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't you know? it belong in the arcade or something? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, that's it's it's pretty 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 archaic. A payphone. Well they said. were a dime, by the way. Back in the day. I mean, I'm a little older than you. Yeah, are, so I can't remember the dime yeah, days. There was dime you have days. that on me. I'll yeah. give you the edge in that department. Yeah. yeah. Pull, you pull I remember over. more of the quarter days. No, remember, not the dime I used days. to, when I was driving, when I was in high school, I used to, you know, no cell phones and I was going to be late or something. I had to find like a 7 Eleven, or they called them a Circle K back then. That's where they had them in Phoenix. You pull over. Circle K. Wow. Circle okay. K. Circle can K. I don't know. But you pull over, you yeah. put the dime in the payphone, you call home. Mom, I'm running a little bit late. Okay, hon, no problem. Thanks for calling. Click, get back in the car and go. Yeah. That's it. Whereas today, now, you know, you just whip out the cell phone and you text it makes them. life easier. Or you not text while you're driving, too. of course. No, of course, yes. I mean, we never no, do that. We, we will not condone that type of behavior. I mean, well, you don't program. even have a car, so you don't have to worry about texting Well, I, I mean, I, I like to work out consistently. So anytime that I can walk somewhere, yeah. I look at that as an advantage. Very good. So that's my school of thought. And then, yes, I don't have to worry about texting and walking. Because but people do. Well, a lot of people don't execute and that very well the last time that I checked. A lot of people? Most, most people. people don't. See, but when you go through the reps, to my point, which is where I was getting, and you have a lot of reps under your belt where you're oh, walking yeah. with yourself, no, it like becomes second nature. Like, yeah. you know, like tossing a football and this and that. Yeah. All right, let's get to Twitter before we wrap up the program. A number of people weighing in through social media. Hashtag Giants chat. Dylan at DillyWilly15. Does Jack Rabbit shadow Julio Jones tonight? Or will he just be playing one side of the field, having different coverage options on Jones? When they played the Saints, Jack Rabbit stuck with Mike Thomas for the most part. Mm -hmm. I would think that if you look at the Giants personnel right now, Jeff, if you're going to want to put somebody on Julio, it would be him. He'd be the guy. And he'd be the guy that you'd want to consistently have on Julio. So I would expect to see a lot of Jenkins on Julio. Now, that doesn't mean that the entire game is going to be like that. But I would say the majority of the night, I would expect Jenkins to be lined up with And Julio. if I'm Julio Jones, I would expect that most of the night that Jack Rabbit would be on me. So, you know, and maybe, maybe not. But who knows? I mean, the other two guys can get it done, too. They really can. Well, and they're going to have to throw these guys into <laughs> the deep end and see what they can do. Because, you know, everybody talks about... Well, who's going to defend Julio? The bottom line is you Nobody still got to worry about Calvin Ridley, though, and Mohamed <laughs> Sanu. It's not, it's not like you could say, all right, we shut down Julio, we're going to win this football game. Yeah, the problem is that not many people can sh shut down Julio Jones. Yeah. He's going to get his catches. He's going to, first of all, you got a mismatch as far as height goes there. Um, and, of course, that happens all the time. But, yeah, you got to look at the other two, Sanu and, and Calvin Ridley. I mean, come yep. on. Those guys are... And Sanu is no, you know, he's 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 a little, he's over six foot tall now, so he's a big dude. And Ridley's got size too. Yeah. All three of these guys. There's and Hooper's a big guy for a tight end as well. Well, he caught nine balls. You said the other day. Yep. That's uh, that's getting it done. 
He's somebody that loves the middle of the field. I'd, li- I'd like to see Evan Ingram catch nine balls tonight. I really would. Well, if he does I, that, I, that's a good I just sign feel for like, the Giants. I just feel like he is the guy that has that's the missing component to this offense to get started. Not to say that they're going to put up 500 yards. I'm saying that this is just something that, that this offense needs. It's a shot of B12. And it's, that's, he's the B12 shot. And I just think because now you have one other person you have to look out for. Evan Ingram is a threat. He's, he's fast, and he can, cut, he can, he can and take the middle of the field and work that middle of the field. Now you've got to worry about the middle of the field and the side of the field, when they, and especially if they're in that zone defense. I think that this is, to me, he's going to be – I'd love to see him get, you know, nine, ten, ten at least targets tonight and may, maybe eight of those catches. Who knows? You just wonder, similar to Vernon, Jeff, is is this the game where Ingram sort of has to get his legs back underneath him? That's a good point. Because Vernon came out, boom, immediately went to work, and then as the game progressed, they had to monitor his reps. I just wonder, not to say that Evan's not 100% and not ready to go, but is this going to be the game where you throw him right back into the fire immediately? Damn right. (laughs) Well, they need to. (laughs) I'm throwing him in there for two reasons. Number one, he's 23. He can run. He's a thoroughbred. I mean, Vernon's a lot bigger than he is, okay? And I think that he's a little older, too. I think Vernon can run with – He just put him out – I mean, excuse me, put Ingram out there, get him in the mix, at least, if anything, as a decoy, um, and, and, and see what happens. One other tweet on the subject of the Giants offense at A.J. Marshall 3. Giants offense needs to control the clock, extend drives, keep the Falcons offense off the field as possible. Mm-hmm. That is a fair point, but here's where I'm a little hesitant about that point. You milk the clock, you put together long, sustainable you drives. Score. There you go. You keep Matt Ryan off the field, that's great. So then you walk away with a field goal, and, and then Matt Ryan three. comes back and he throws a 40-yard yeah. pass. Does it really make a difference in I the think long we run? have to add another sentence to this, and that would be to execute at a 75% clip in the red zone, yes. according to Lance's red zone statistics. That would be, that would be six points, not three points. Then it makes sense. Yeah, you have to milk the clock, put together long drives, but cap them off. That has yeah. to be part of the key there. And production on first and second down. Let's get positive and not negative plays there because really when you look at first down, it's been abysmal on first down. I mean, poor Saquon Barkley, he gets out there minus one, one yard, minus two, 35, yeah. you know, and then it comes back minus one, four yards, 50. six yards, <laughs> yeah, 55, you know. Yeah. <laughs> can't have that no. I mean you can have it but it's you don't want it because then you're just you're getting the flashes but you're not getting the continuity and yeah. the Giants need to move past the flashes they need the continuity if they want to start winning games and I, I think that you know one thing that I saw at the beginning of the season I haven't seen a lot in the last two or three games is is rolling the pocket and I'm not asking to Eli to run you know out away to the other sideline and throw the ball but just move the pocket let him get let him if you can't have enough time in the pocket, then roll it and buy time for those guys to get open and then be able to throw the football. So maybe we see a little bit of that tonight. Well, and that's what they did in the lone victory at Houston when yes. his completion percentage was through the roof and they were efficient. They were rolling him out of the pocket, Jeff. Thank so you. that's why I always tell people if you don't have a mobile quarterback, you don't just have to say, well, you throw your hands up in the air and there's no way for us to overcome our issues. You schematically 
try to move around those issues, which is what they did in Houston. You can run different routes. You rely on slants. You get rid of the ball quickly. Things can be done yeah. when your offensive line is not necessarily consistently producing. A reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. So, Giants-Falcons, Monday Night Football. Jeff and I will be on the air on WFAN here in New York, as well as on Giants.com for the pregame show starting at 6.45. For those of you in the New York City area, we are going to be live from Barley Corn Craft Bar and Grill in Manhattan. That is on 23 Park Place, so feel free to stop by and mingle with fellow Giants fans, and then we will be back on the air immediately following the game for full post-game coverage on WFAN Sports Radio 66 and 101.9 FM. We will also be back up and running tomorrow. Big Blue Kickoff Live at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, recapping all the ins and outs from Monday Night Football, Giants, and the Falcons. Enjoy the game tonight. Stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. We're out.